welcome to the Retro Blood. Can you believe this? It's Christmas Eve, and we got orders to bring in Santa Claus. Cindy, if uh, you don't go back to bed, Santa won't come. He's not the only one. What you might get up to? All those kitties sitting on your knee all day? I'd love to have you sitting on my knee. 31 bucks. Merry fucking Christmas. See Santa Claus tonight, you better run for it. You better run for your life. Mommy, you shouldn't have said that. It's naughty to say bad things about old people. Santa Claus will punish you. Merry Christmas. My candy cane, little girl. It's gonna hurt our kids. We're not even sure it's him. Not sure my ass. Look at the fur on that suit. Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood, and Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to us on Christmas Day, because this is Retro Blood. This is our holiday episodes, our holiday reviews of all Christmas movies in the 1980s. This is our last review for the month. This is Christmas Day. Thank you for listening to the Retro Blood as you opened up all your presents, drinking all your eggnog, and stuffing your fat faces with some holiday treats and we got the biggest treats for you guys because we are talking all about to all a good night if you like murderous mom's revenge that's very similar to friday the 13th part one if you like uh uh uh, teenage girls out there in, in sorority houses getting murdered just like black christmas but not done as well if you like uh um uh, a train wrecks and all kinds of craziness happens where a girl uh, sleeps with one guy, then it goes to the other guy, and then this other girl sleeps with this guy to get the other guy drama. Then this is a review for you, brother, because <laughs> because we're talking all. And I mean, what what better of a Christmas story than a bunch of drama and a bunch of killing, brother? Because we're talking yeah. to all a good night. Jay Allison, James Klein, what's happening, Allison? Merry Christmas, Allison. How's it going? Merry Christmas, man. I mean, this is the happiest time of the year. It's my one of my. It's my part of my probably my favorite time of the year actually even more than halloween i love the christmas season we get our christmas movies with our christmas beers uh most people are in a good mood if you're just not a complete grinchy asshole and you get to eat lots of good food that you don't get to eat any other time of the year yeah, yeah. that's true. nothing says christmas like murder right yeah exactly i love christmas as well too especially christmas horror movies this is a well-known mm-hmm. thing so this is my favorite time of the year talking all about these crazy a and like you said, this one is uh, a little different. So the last three reviews we've done this month all happened in 1989. It just so happened to, to be like that. And boy, what a crazy year that 1989 was. This 1980 uh, Christmas was a little interesting too. So I don't think this movie was uh, was as good as the, our, as the one we talked about yesterday for Christmas Eve. So everybody who joined Whoa. us yesterday for Christmas Eve, we did the uh, Lights Out of the Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. which was a great discussion i love that movie it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time and yeah. i'm yeah. going to ask you yeah. up front allison like i mean this movie pretty much ripped off a couple stuff from that black christmas well yes that's true but black christmas i hate to use the word ripped off even though i do all the time but black christmas may be one of the most copied horror movies ever made 
I can see that. Um, I mean, because it was made in 1974, and basically Halloween copied Black Christmas. Yep. In a lot of ways, and you know, and Halloween was considered, you know, one of the. Well, obviously, Halloween's considered one of the best horror movies of all time, but Black Christmas is is, in my opinion, one of the best horror movies ever made. Yes. I mean, it's 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 great. I mean, it's it's. I don't even know. I can't even find a greater word to say about it than it's just it's just great. It's fantastic. It's nearly perfect. Yeah. But today we're talking about To All a Good Night. Yeah. And this movie, I loved it. And oh, really, I yeah, I love this movie. I, I I think that um, I don't know why. I can't even explain why. I mean, I guess we'll talk about it as we go on. But I love this movie. I thought it was great. I would watch it. You know, other times when it's not even Christmas. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was made really well. Um, I thought that there's just something about it. Like it's so, and this may turn off a lot of our female listeners if we have any, but, um, I did, it's just so like grimy and dirty and like strangely like sexually charged and like, I don't know. It's just so. It's like it's like what a 1980s horror movie should be. Like it's just, it's obviously exploitive, and I love that in movies. I just I just do. So I, you, I don't know. So why. what you're telling me is you're a big fan of our boy TJ and his airplane. <laughs> I am not a big fan of TJ at all, and we'll get into that. But, <laughs> um, but, but I don't know. Like as we go, I'll explain. I guess a little bit better. But like it's just so like, I mean, it's not really graphic. It's like. It's just exploitive. Yeah. It's just like, okay, let's hire this girl to play this part in this movie just because she has big tits and she'll get naked. Yeah. I mean, not that these people aren't good actors. I mean, you know, a lot of them were, uh, some of them never acted again, but uh, you know, a lot of them were, but it's just like, you can just tell that like, to me, it just seems like this was the entire intention of this movie. And you got to understand too, that it came out before Friday the 13th. Yes. Which is very interesting to so, me. So, yeah. So they have a similar plot, kind of. Yeah. Um, so, and obviously, neither one of those movies copied the other one because Friday the Thirteenth, I think, came out in May. Yeah, it came of out nineteen eighty. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no way that they could have, you know, saw this movie, written Friday the Thirteenth, and filmed it. Most yeah. likely, I, I would imagine. Yeah, I was trying to do some research to see if maybe if anybody that worked on to all the good night was working on Friday the 13th, but it doesn't look like nobody was working on it either. So it no, just, they weren't. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, no, they weren't, but there are some connections though, which I can explain whenever, uh, whenever we get there. Okay. Do we do, do we do um, the who booked this I, shit? Yeah. We'll get to the <clears throat> who booked this shit part. Like I can, I can explain some things that are connections that could have, um, you know, I don't know the history of Friday the 13th, but uh, that, that could have influenced the other one. Sounds good. We'll get right into that soon. But before we do get into who booked this shit, mm. this whole month long, we've been doing a, a little little special for everybody, talking all about the Christmas beers, brother. Oh, yeah. Christmas beers. Love it. This is the time of year. <clears throat> Especially if you're a big uh, beer drinker like ours, like me and Allison are. Especially with the darker beers, the purse, the stouts, <clears throat> oh, yeah. they got all the uh, 
all the good ones this year as I can as my throat's getting too excited for me talking about all these beers, brother. I'm getting a little parched over here. You know what I mean? Got to got to <laughs> crack it open the uh, the Christmas the Christmas spirit, but I got to get these uh this uh, holiday tradition going. So, Allison, what beer are we drinking this week? So, one of uh t- so the Asheville, North Carolina area is local to us and you know, the famous Asheville Christmas beer is Cold Mountain. Um, everybody goes nuts over it every year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when it comes out, um, people buy it up. They could put a case on the floor and it'll be gone in 15 minutes. It's, it's more popular than Taylor Swift tickets. But that's not the beer I'm talking about. <laughs> that's not the beer I'm talking about this week. Asheville has another possibly lesser known Christmas beer uh, made by Asheville Brewing Company. It's called Ninja Bread Man. So it's... Ooh. So it's it's a different version of their ninja ninja porter that they yes. make all the time. I've had um, that, but it has like a gingerbread, spicy, uh, spiciness <clears throat> to it. It's it's so it's so rich. It's 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 what a Christmas beer to me really should be. And it's a porter because a lot of Christmas beers are lighter some for some reason. But it's a porter, so it's dark, and it's just so spicy. Um, as I take a drink of it, but yeah, um, buddy. <laughs> it's great. I love, I love Ninja bread, man. It's, it's my favorite beer that they make. Nice. Uh, for brewing. Um, now, uh, it is not, uh, the cheapest beer in the world. Oh. Um, you know, it is not the cheapest beer in the world. Like I bought a six pack of it yesterday for $18. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you got, you know, they want that special Christmas. That, uh, <laughs> exactly. You got to have that retro blood money <laughs> yeah. coming in where you could afford the uh, Ninja Bread Man uh, all year round. But luckily they don't make it all year round or, uh, you know, so we can only, we splurge on it at Christmas time every year and then we don't drink it again for another year. Yeah. But yeah, it is, it is not cheap. It, I mean, it is, it is probably the most expensive local beer that I can think of. Um, but, uh, but it is fantastic. It's so rich. It makes you feel warm and makes you feel like people love you. Even if they don't, you can just drink this beer and that's all you need. That's all you need, brother. Yeah, I've had that one before. It is a fantastic one. So everybody, if you can import it or grab you one, grab you one, you'll definitely be worth it. And of course, I like it from the tap. And I think there is some places that oh, sell it from the tap as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've had it from, uh, I've had it on draft before. Um I think locally Hickory Tavern has it on draft, um, but I'm nice. not 100% sure about that. So the one I got is I had it last night, actually, and it was, like, fantastic, even though me, even though the bartender kept telling me to stay away from it, which is, like, the weirdest mm-hmm. thing. So it's this beer they get from the Boojum, all right, which is another right. locally placed here in Waynesville, North Carolina, where I'm surprised a lot of horror movies don't happen for the, <laughs> for the small town feel of it, all right? Or maybe they do, but I just don't know. Yeah, so it's it's his beer from the Boo Gym. It's called Silent Nightfall, and it's like a it's like a it's not it's not like a super stout where it's like super dark, but it's 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 nice because it has a lot of like spices and, and cinnamon in it. Yeah. And at first, I was like ordering that one. I was like, "Hey man, let me try this one." The bartender guy was like, "Ah, oh, you don't want this one. You you want more of these stouts or like these porters better than this one. This one has too many spices." I was like, "Okay, well let me try it." And I liked it. I was like, "Bro, let me get this one." It's like, "Are you sure?" It's like, yes, I don't. And he's like, here, try the oatmeal cookie one. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll try the oatmeal one. So I, I've had the oatmeal so one. Like, weird. I bought the one. They have another one called oatmeal, like oatmeal style, which yeah. is good. 
Yeah. But I was like, bro, I don't want this one. Let me get this on. He's like, all right, man, it's your choice. And he just gives it to me like all <laughs> bummed out and shit. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? That's so weird. It's so weird. It was like the weirdest thing. I was like, bro, like, it's just a, it's just a, I want to try this, this, who cares if it's like has spices and shit in it. You know, I don't need the darkest fucking shit all the time. I like different <laughs> spices of beers, you know? And this one was really it's, good, man. I had like two of these bad boys. And I was feeling it. I was like, this, it was like 6.8%. Is even more percent than the oatmeal stout one. So the oatmeal stout one that they have, it, it's it's fine. It's a good stout beer. Like I bought the cans of it and I've been drinking it here and there. But for me, like I like those beers. Yeah, they might not be as like stout and stuff, but I like those beers that have a little bit more spices in them because you can taste it. it. It tastes different. I like different tasting beers. Yeah, I don't. That's really weird. Like yeah. it's really weird that he would be that. You know, adamant about talking you out of it. Yeah, like, like he tried. He tried like three you know, times to talk to yeah, talk like me and uh, to, to to Beth out of it. It was crazy. I was like, "What the fuck, yeah, bro?" Like, if I don't, I mean, if <laughs> I did, I mean, I've never been a bartender nor worked in a bar. I've been to a lot of bars, but yeah. I've never worked in a bar. And you know, and I, if I, I didn't like something, you know, I'm and I knew the person, especially, I might recommend like, "Hey, you, you may not like this, and this is why." But I don't know. It's almost like he. There's a there's a huge movement which I'm kind of for honestly for against can what they call candy bar beers yeah so things with like candy bar ingredients like chocolate and coconut and things like that um, there's like a movement against that right now which I think is great in general because I think there should be more real ales and real beers but a, a beer with spices in it is not a candy bar beer it's just a spicy beer and I don't know I mean. Maybe maybe somebody peed in it. He he couldn't tell you that, but he was trying to warn you away. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I mean, know, that pee tastes good. Then I was like, "Fuck!" I had like two of those bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. But yeah, like that. Uh, it was just really weird. But uh, I definitely recommend that one. That one, you know, they always do like specialty style beers, and I actually like really like that one. I thought it was good. I kind of want some as we speak right now on this cold Christmas day. Oh yes, but. Let's get into some of the history surrounding the release date of To All A Good Night. Now, this one was a weird release date. It came out in selective theaters, January 30th, 1980. So, yeah, isn't that really weird? Yeah, really weird. And so we talked about some of the 1980 movies before here on the Retro Blood. This is like a very interesting era. Because we're 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 still technically have that seventies theme going on, like seventies production, seventies clothes, seventies feel of movies is still still going on in nineteen eighty. But we're slowly getting to the more like like the more like commercialized, the more raunchy. You know, mm-hmm. the more production. more money in, in, in our in our films. We're getting there. You know, we're getting there slowly and stuff, but mm-hmm. so this one, <clears throat> you know, we always talk about what's going on in uh pro wrestling. And yeah. metal music during this release date. And I guess I'll go first. So I'll go first and I'll talk a little bit about what was happening in the pro wrestling scene. All right. During this was- particular month. So apparently two days before we would have seen To All A Good Night in selective theaters around the, the globe. We would have saw the trailer for this movie. We would have saw TJ... We just saw some some chicks at a uh, at a yep. house. We just saw the killer Santa Claus. We were like, all right, we're down. We sign sign us up. <laughs> we got advanced tickets, everything. Yeah, we're in. 
So if we were in Baltimore at the mm-hmm. Civic Center, we would be one of the attendants of 11,400. All right. We would see a main event of WWF champion Bob Backlund defeated Bobby Duncan when the match was stopped to blood loss. Yeah. Imagine so, that shit. So I wonder if that's like, um, that's the only um, report I had from that too, is that the match was stopped due to blood loss. So I wonder if that's like kayfabe blood loss, like if that's just how they ended it, or if something went wrong and uh, Bobby Duncan was, uh, you know, bleeding too bad and they thought it was unsafe. Well, my thing is like, I didn't, Bob Backlund in a bloody match? Like, that's very... I know. That's really weird to me. Because, you know, Bob Blacken is like the... He, he was basically, like, almost the uh, successor to Bruno. You know, were they yeah. were they trying to make him, like, the top babyface All-American WWF champion? You know? Mm-hmm. And when you think of Bob Blacken, you don't think Bloodbath, like some de- like John Moxley or nothing like that, or Terry Funk. You think, like, old-school Matt Wrestler. It's just weird that right, they, he'd exactly. be in, in a... A blood loss uh, match with Bobby Duncan. Well, yeah, I mean that wasn't the point of the match. That's why I'm thinking yeah. that okay, maybe, maybe. Well, this was, um, well, no, this was this was like the Bruno era. This is not crazy Bob Backlund yet. He's just the all American boy Bob Backlund. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not the crazy guy. He doesn't yeah. come the crazy one to the nineties. Yeah, because yeah, I was thinking maybe he just like hit him with a chair or something. Um, but no, that's not that wasn't his thing. So I'm wondering if. I don't even know how this would have happened. So that makes me think that, you know, something accidentally happened and he, Bobby Duncan accidentally got cut somehow. And then they were just like, okay, let's just stop this. Maybe. Or they, maybe they just, they just wanted a big, uh, bloody main event. The draw in the yeah. house for next time, brother. Maybe. Cause also on that card was Hulk Hogan. Yes. And when you read that, when you read that card now, it's weird to think, cause this is 1980 Hulk Hogan. So this is not, I mean, it's Hulkamania, but it's not Hulkamania like it would become like three years later. No, so it's, he's still on. He's still in the mid card. Yeah, fighting Dominic Danucci, which is weird to think that Bob Backlund is like headline or main eventing over Hulk Hogan, but it happened. Yeah, because you know Hulk, he, Hulk Hogan, he didn't really start getting some steam until he he got done with that Rocky movie. Oh yeah, exactly. And then the AWA, because you know during so Hulk Hogan he used to go from. Territory Terry, but most of the time he was like a heel for a long time mm-hmm. because he was a big jacked up dude, <clears throat> and then he would just be a big threat to all the baby faces. And they actually were doing a lot of like Hulk Hogan Andre matches just because Hulk Hogan was so big and Andre was bigger than he is, so they they liked that big attraction. So, but a lot, but before like wasn't Hulk Hogan? He was like managed by like Freddie uh, Freddie Blassie for a long time in the yeah, in the F. He was, and then it yeah. wasn't until he got done with the um. The Rocky movie, and then he was on AWA TV, where he really started to, to gain momentum and he gained notoriety. Has the Hulk Hogan, uh, Hulkamania stuff starting running wild. Then Vince, Vince Jr. swiped him up, brother, and fucking mm-hmm. once he beat the Iron Sheik later on, towards like 95, 94, boom, that's when the whole thing blew up. So it is pretty interesting to see, um, but the Hulk Hogan, they basically right now, right now, we're like seeing the Hulk Hogan rise, you know what I mean. Like, he's still in wrestling. He's getting big. People are knowing who he is. But he's about to explode pretty soon. It's kind of like when you saw, like, Steve Austin has a ringmaster. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. we knew we knew who Steve Austin was. We know he's a great wrestler. 
but we're just waiting for that spark, you know, that one spark, that one, that one big thing is going to blow him up. So it's pretty, pretty fascinating during this time for, for Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it's uh, Hulk Hogan was still a, a that gimmick was still good. The ringmaster gimmick was not that good. You didn't like the ringmaster, <laughs> um, brother? I was, I, yeah, no, not as much as not as much as uh, Stunning Steve. So I think that it's like him moving from Stunning Steve Austin to Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know what I mean? Like that's like he was still a great wrestler. I mean, yeah, I mean Austin has always been a great wrestler. Um, I mean, he would probably say he has limited moveset, and he does, but he's he's always been a good wrestler. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, you, you, if Vince McMahon had this way at this time in the eighties and the nineties of seeing the potential in somebody yeah. and finding a way to bring it out. Um, you know, so he did that with Hulk Hogan. He did that with Stone Cold Steve Austin in the nineties. Uh, he's done it several times. He did it with the rock, um, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So definitely, definitely. So, you know, also on this card, too, we had the Wild Samoans. Often Sika defeated Tino Santana and Gorilla Monsoon. So, a couple rare. This is pretty much winding down Gorilla Monsoon's career. He's mm-hmm. about to transition to more of an announcer. Yeah. This would have been a good show to see, though. Yeah, because we have Ken Patera defeated Ivan Putsky and Viva Count Out. Great. Great stuff. Nice. nice. So, yeah, not, not too bad of a card. You know, we, we have the Hangover from Christmas. Uh, mm-hmm. From our 1979 Christmas, uh, we're still we're still kind of feeling the holiday joy. That's why we agreed to watch To All a Good Night. But before then, we wanted to see some some WWF action, brother. Yeah. So, but on our way to um, To All a Good Night, and all our, on our way to the uh, Baltimore Civic Center to see a bloody Bob Black and what are we listening to, brother? What are we listening to? So um, <clears throat> we've talked about this band a couple of times before over the last year, uh, but we're, we're going to talk about them again today. Uh, one of my top five favorite bands of all time, Rush. Ooh. Rush released an album January 14th, 1980. So it came out a couple of weeks before we would have went to see this movie, but I'm sure I would be uh, cranking this up in my house, and then you come to pick me up to go to wrestling and to the uh, – to the movie and i'm saying man james you got to hear this new rush it's fantastic it's a step up for them and it was it was a huge yeah. change um they went more progressive so rush had been when they first came out they were like uh they were compared to led zeppelin which is weird to think about but they were like just a hard rock band they were heavy and then they got more progressive with longer songs and more intricate parts and more technical things uh, once neil peart became their drummer and once they became uh, more into what they wanted to be. Um, and um, Rush released Permanent Waves, January 14th, 1980, like I said. And Permanent Waves was like a huge leap from where they'd been. They started using the keyboards more. Um, you could like you could tell that they, were, they had this vision of what the 80s was going to be. And they were trying really as hard as they could, I think, to get out of this 1970s arena rock sound, which was about to crash. Because, you know, New Wave and punk rock and stuff like that were going to get huge in America. And um, keyboards, synthesizers were going to be like a big thing and everybody was going to embrace. And Rush did that early. They did that in 1980. Um, it's still heavy. You know, they haven't, they didn't go as New Wave as they would go. But it's, 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 still, it's still heavy, but it's got, you know, the long, intricate Rush songs, but with keyboards over it. And this is like the first album that had the modern rush sound like the thing that after rush got really big in the eighties, like 
that's the sound that Rush had, and this is like the beginning of this. This is one of my favorite Rush albums. It might be my favorite Rush album, um, but it has uh, songs like Entree New. It has um, uh, what's the other song that I like? Uh, Spirit of Radio, which is like a huge hit. They still played it all the way up to the final tour, um, and it has the song that I really like called Natural Science, which I saw them play, and I got to see them play a couple or three times on all the rush shows that I saw over the years. Um, but yeah, this is a really good album. Um, people should listen to it. Um, one thing I thought was funny about this album was that, so they recorded it in 1979 for it to come out in 1980 and they had gone on tour for like eight months. They'd been on tour for eight months before this, uh, on the hemispheres tour. And they decided that they would take a long break before they recorded a new album. And they agreed to take six weeks off. Um, which is weird to think about now. Like it's weird to think about how hard bands worked back then versus how they work hard. They work now, you know, like if a band has an album every four or five years, that's considered pretty good anymore. But you know, that back then, you know, you took six weeks off of a, off of a tour, went back in, recorded, wrote and recorded another album, then went back out on tour again. It was just like a constant cycle that never ended. Um, so I just thought that was amusing to hear about them taking this big, long six week break. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. You know, to take a little break and get back into it. Interesting. Yeah, definitely. Rush is definitely uh, one of the most exciting bands. Um, yeah. You know, their drummer and just all their uh, their the way they style and their playing stuff. Definitely something to mm-hmm. be rocking out to and listening to. Our boy TJ, he'd be happy. He, I bet he was listening to Rush on that airplane ride over to the uh, to the Calvin finishing school for girls. Could have. Could have been, yeah. I guess. He was ready. <laughs> he loved it. So, so yeah, we'll definitely play some Rush at the end of this episode, too, to leave you guys in a good Christmas mood. Um, but let's talk a little bit about who booked this shit. Some of the uh, production notes and some of the notes behind To All A Good Night. And the first one I want to talk about is the director, because he is the one who booked this shit. David yeah. Hess. I was going to see if you'd bring that up. Yeah. This guy is actually pretty interesting, some of the shit he's done. Yeah, I'm a huge David Hess fan. I, I love David Hess. Um, I wish I'd gotten to meet him before he passed, but yeah, um, I'm a huge like admirer of David Hess's work. So I didn't I didn't realize that he helped record the original version of Otis's Blackwell All Shoot Up under the stage name David Hill. And then the next year, the song became number one hit for Elvis Presley. Yeah, he was a songwriter in like yeah. the 50s and 60s. Yeah, and he also... Before he even got into movies. Yeah, he didn't get into movies and, and, act, and acting until like 1972. And right. to my surprise, like one of his first like movies was Wes Craven's Last House on the Left. Yep, he played Krug. Fucking Krug. That's a movie we're going to have to do on Lights Out one of these days. Because that movie Hell is yeah. crazy. Yes. Very interesting movie there. Um, but yeah, he did a couple like acting and stuff. He was on the... Um, he had roles in Hitchhike, The House on the Edge of the Park. Um, yep. And then this movie that he made, this was his directed debut. Yeah, one first, of the few movies he directed. Yes. Uh, his first American feature film for Media Home Entertainment in 1980. So this is his first portrayal. And, you know, like I thought, you know, when it comes to directing and, and the structure of the, uh, of the movie, I thought that part was fine. You know, there's... There's some goofy shit, 
that we'll talk about here soon <laughs> that this movie definitely is had. there ever and it's it's really interesting to think too because you know okay so the uh, the it, this was written by a guy named Alex uh, Rebar yep and so nowhere do I see on his life or anything that he had anything to kind of do with um, Friday the Thirteenth but you know obviously he probably took some stuff from from Black Christmas you know with the with the girls being at a, 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 a sorority type of house. Um, there's mm-hmm. a stalker that's killing them off one by one. They don't really realize who the stalker is until like the end, even though Black Christmas was different in that aspect. Um, there's a couple yeah. of the killing scenes that were very similar to how Black Christmas mm-hmm. was. But when I watched the movie, I was just thinking like, wow, this is like a this is like a, a a Christmas version of Friday the thirteenth, you know, because we had like this 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 death that happened with a family member, this other family member was like going out for from for revenge but she was in plain sight you know just like the original friday 13 but you know this movie well, came out first which is crazy as i say yeah i mean what is this friday the 13th you speak of yeah exactly you know, we, we don't, don't know we, we haven't is. seen that yet yeah. we haven't seen it yet so it's just weird that the same year and roughly close to the same months that two horror movies would have like the same plot line yeah, in, yeah. in a way it is, you know, it is obviously really strange and, uh, and then obviously you know obviously Friday the Thirteenth did that better, <laughs> you know. That's like one of the most recognized well, movies of all time. Yeah. You yeah, know, the, to, I don't know if some Joe off the street's gonna know who To All the Good Night was. Like, I can't go up to fucking Mark <laughs> and be like, "Hey, Mark, you ever heard of TJ? You know, he banged two chicks at the same time." He's gonna be like, "What the fuck you talking about, brother?" <laughs> yeah, so you, can, like, you can buy Friday the Thirteenth shirts, but you can't buy To All the Good Night shirts. Yeah, even mm-hmm. no. You never know, man. Yeah. Maybe we'll bring it back, brother. That, that should happen. That should happen. But yeah, Alex Rebar, I I know him only from, he wrote this other movie that I really liked that we'll probably do on a Lights Out one day um, called Beyond the Door, Yeah, which was like a an Exorcist ripoff kind of, although I don't know if it came out before, but it was it's a similar movie to The Exorcist, just like this is a similar movie to Black Christmas. Um, but uh, we'll probably do that on a Lights out someday but um i i really like that movie um and that's the only thing i really know uh alex rebar from yeah so you know um yeah it's just very interesting how how that's apparently he also did um he also worked on ambiville 4 the evil escapes too oh well that makes everything better than while while he was writing (laughs) demented yeah i haven't seen demented but i've heard of that movie so, so you know, the, I didn't get too much production behind this particular movie. Um, so the film was given a limited, limited the- theatrical release in the United States on yeah. January 30th, 19, 1990 by International Releasing Corporation, IRC, brother. Mm-hmm. And then it was released on VHS in the United States by Medium Home Entertainment in 1983. But apparently, right. due to the poor lighting quality, many scenes were hard to see in VHS quality. Which yeah, we'll talk about that. that. Yeah, we'll talk about that as we go because I'm going to ask you some filmmaking questions about that since you are you're the filmmaker of the group. But um, I could see how this movie would be very very hard to watch on VHS. Yes. Um, I, I mean some of those scenes I don't know if you could see them at all. Um, but yeah, one of the things and um, speaking of who booked this shit, uh, so the similarity. So okay, so David Hess was in 
Last House on the Left. And he was a pretty close collaborator from my understanding with Wes Craven. Um, being in a, a few Wes Craven movies and then going to Italy and having a big career there. But um, Wes Craven had a business relationship, an artistic relationship with Sean Cunningham. And Sean Cunningham produced Friday the 13th. Mm, there's a link. So there is a connection. There is a link. Now, that I know that's like a, a, a very tenuous link, to say the least. But, I mean, it is possible that these people did, were familiar with what the other ones were doing. I mean, I can see that. You know, and you can separate them. You know, well, I mean, unlike our boy uh, uh, Mansoor from last episode trying to sue the people from home alone. I don't think David Hess was trying to sue the Sean Cunningham for Friday the 13th due to gimmick infringement. But you know, I no, mean, he, like, he kind of could have, cause it, it is, it is similar, but it is different at the same time. Mm-hmm. So maybe back then they just like, ah, fuck it. Who cares? Well, so. it's probably not like they thought anybody that made to all good night had any money to sue with. Like I, it yeah. was just, none of those people had any money. Like yeah. you couldn't, you know, like, horror movies are made on such a small budget that that's why no horror, like I've mentioned this before, but that's why no horror movie has ever lost money because they cost so little to make that if anyone goes to see them at all, they make their money back. Yes. I don't have a, I, I don't have a, like a, like a, uh, a sum for how much this movie cost, but I don't think it was a lot. No. Um, I don't think they spent a lot. Although, I mean, you know, planes aren't cheap. Yeah, and they had to have a plane. Well, maybe for they it. got I thought lucky. They were going to use maybe. Maybe they, maybe they, the guy who played the pilot, Harry Reams. Maybe they thought maybe that was his plane. <laughs> maybe because I mean Harry Reams probably had more money than anybody in this movie. Harry Reams was a really famous uh, porn star in the seventies. Yeah, he was he was known for such classics as Deep Throat. Yes, <laughs> and the teacher, the devil, and Miss Jones. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, he, was he played. All uh, he played. The, he played the doctor in Deep Throat. Um, I love it, but uh, yeah. But everybody speaking. Oh, go ahead. You're gonna say something? No, no. I was gonna say. Uh, speaking of Harry Reams, we'll probably talk about that more as with the movie goes. But yeah, we yeah, ready man. to get into it? Let's get into it, buddy. Let's start this Let's Christmas go. day off hot, brother. This is the full review of To All a Good Night. It was the start of Christmas vacation. A few were staying. And they plan to have one hell of a good time. I would really like to wish all those students leaving for Christmas vacation a pleasant journey and the happiest of holidays. TJ is coming up with a few of his friends tonight. The dean of the school was away, so the girls decided to invite their boyfriends. It was against school regulations, but they were always very good at breaking the rules. This time, they'll wish they hadn't. You must pray. Pray so the devil won't claim you for one of his own. Santa came to kill. What the hell are you doing up here in that dumb outfit? Even the police didn't suspect Santa Claus. Oh, Tom, take that bloody mask off. Take me to bed. No one suspected Santa Claus. He was hunting for blood. He was everywhere. Uh. 
What kind of a crazed mind was killing and mutilating his victims? All right. So we start off the movie. We're in Calvin. Did I say that right? Calvin. Calvin, yes. Finishing school for girls. Yes. The fuck is a finishing school? Oh, I'm glad you asked that question. Um, so a finishing school, at least from my understanding, it's not anything that's in my ever has ever been in my orbit, really. But a finishing school is like a private school where they send. It's like a prep school, kind of like you know what a prep school is. Yeah. But it's, you, prep schools are usually for boys. It's kind of like that, but it's for girls. Gotcha. Um, so they go there to learn how to be usually the I, I usually thought it was like a high school thing. Um but these girls seem to be way older than high school. Um well, we've but, seen that uh, before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've seen that, that I'm twenty five and like, I'm playing an eighteen year old. Gotcha. It, right, exactly. But it it's it's like um it teaches like young girls how to be like uh social, how to how to uh like social graces and um, how to do upper class cultural shit that we don't know about. And uh, it's like a, like they learn how to charm people. It's like a charm school kind of, it's like, I don't know. It's hard to describe it. It like teaches them how to behave. Well, these girls Um, were not behaving, but we'll get to that. So, so this is like two years ago. And apparently at this finish, they do Christmas vacation at the school itself. All right. Apparently. So we have a bunch well, of... finishing school is also they also live there, and so some of them may not go home for Christmas. Maybe I got you. So they're on vacation at this place where they can't leave. All right, kind of. So yeah. they're they're getting they're, all these girls are chasing each other around. We actually see one main girl. She falls off the balcony dead. Even though you, if you see it really quick, it looks like a dummy fall right on his face. Yeah, so we got to talk about this for a second. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you don't do the dummy gimmick. Hold on, hold on, hold the phone. So they're chasing this girl with axes and knives, telling they're gonna telling her they're gonna cut her head off. Well, they had Christmas outfits on too. <laughs> oh, right, they did also have Christmas outfits yeah. on. But like, this is pretty hardcore, right? They're I mean, just they're teasing like, her <laughs> with axes and knives. Yeah, this is a little rib. It's uh, just a little rib. Okay, yeah. fair enough. But then, yeah. So then we get to the scene where she falls off the balcony. And it's very clearly a mannequin. Yeah. Even even like, <laughs> like when the when the mannequin hits the pavement, the head comes off. <laughs> I had to watch it two or three times to make sure I was seeing what I was seeing. <laughs> but like the head comes off of the mannequin. Yeah. Now, okay. And I, well, and I like I like when, I like when she lands too. Really quick, I like when she lands too. It's like face first, <laughs> like on the concrete. Yes, yeah, it's, it's face first, and then the mannequin bounces. Yeah. Like a little bit, but like. <laughs> now <laughs> I'm getting choked up here about this. Now, filmmaking question number one of the show. Yeah. So if you had to make a scene like this, yeah, and dropping a mannequin off of a balcony is the best that you could afford, yeah, you would do that, right? Oh yeah, I do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. So you know, it's I'd make my more cheesy. Hate- Right. <laughs> yeah. I'd follow that thing would. down like uh, with the whole shot. Follow it all down. <laughs> and you wouldn't even cut away. You just watch yeah. it like hit and bounce. But then, like, and then and when I cut to the girl, at least I would do some blood, though. They didn't even do any blood. No, no blood. But yeah, it was 
it's just it, I, I always like I've said this a million times and I'm, I'll say it a million more I'm sure but I always hate when people like call these movies quote unquote cheesy because they didn't have enough money. It's just like pointing at them and saying, pointing at David Hess and saying, oh, ha ha, you didn't have enough money to make this shot. He did the best he could, yeah. you know, and he made a decent movie, you know, with the budget that he had. And this is the best that he could do. Yeah. Um, now, maybe if they'd had less airplane budget yeah. and more like dead body budget, <laughs> maybe if they had arrived in a car or something instead of an airplane, you know, maybe, maybe they could have done a little bit better, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, he did the best that he could probably with the budget that he had, but it looks terrible. I mean, it, it's clearly a mannequin. Like it's unbelievable how obvious it is. Well, we'll get to the, uh, the head scene as well too here, here in a bit. So now, now, now it is present day Christmas mm -hmm. vacation at this finishing school. Two years uh, later. Two years later. Yes. So this is the present day after all this, all that madness happened. So we're at the school, we hear like this, uh, this like announcement, you know, walking everybody here and giving all the rules and shit. And uh, apparently, we have uh, uh, the, the 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 parents of Nancy, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Harry. It's like Trin uh, Trinity and Harry, and Harry wants to get out of here because he got money betting on these. On, on the, yeah, there's a lot of money. On the on, on the school, on the, game. And a, my man is football game. You gotta get out of here. Drop that crazy girl off. All right. So they say goodbye to each other. We have some girls that are like playing around. There's like this one girl who does like, I don't know what was going on here. They're just like filming shit of this girls being goofy. I, I guess this whole scene was kind of weird, but I mean, maybe uh, it's like some weird upper class shit that I don't get, but like yeah. they're just all acting goofy, weird. So we have all the, we have our group of girls. All right. They're all listening to the radio. Just hanging around, and this is like when one of the uh, the, the girls, um, the main girl we have is Nancy. She's like the blonde one. Yeah. She she's not feeling the whole vibe here. She kind of just wants to go home. She's not feeling all this shit, you know. Yeah. I guess maybe she's a big sports fan like her dad. She wants to bet on maybe. stuff. I have no idea. She just wants to leave. She's maybe our she, she's our main she, innocent character. She probably mm -hmm. just wants her dad to love her because he obviously doesn't because he just wants to watch the football game and drop this bitch off at her finishing school. Yes, pretty much. Um, but before we get into the house, though, did you notice that? So, you know, when they're all leaving, like they're all driving away, yeah. the parents or whatever. Um, well, one, I think they did a really good job here of making this look rich, like making it look upper, upper class, like the cars were kind of nice and um, that car that, her parents pull up in that black car was fucking badass. Yeah. But, um, but, um, they're, when they're driving away, the one girl that's standing beside the sign that says Calvin finishing school for girls. Mm -hmm. Um, and then she makes that weird, like, um, yeah. hand gesture above her head. Did yeah. you notice that? It's like, she puts her hands together above her head. And then the next scene, it, it doesn't fade even. It just switches to the scene of this Buddha on the table, holding the same hand gesture. Yeah. Like, it's just weird. Like, what a weird cut that he decided to make. Like, he's like, okay, I know how I'm going to segue this, this shot into the next one. Yeah, that's what I'm we'll saying. We'll make her stand weird. like the Buddha. <laughs> and yeah, then exactly. we'll show the Buddha. And then we're inside again. Yeah. Like, that's just so bizarre. It's called transitioning, man. All it's right? a transition. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, the uh, the main, um, the main uh, I guess, house girl at this time, her name is Ruth. 
All right, she yeah. is not the main boarding person. That person is is on leave right now, but she is the one that's caretaking the house, and she makes all the girls some dinner, and she says, hey, girls, I have cherry pie. Yeah, so now we got to talk about this, too. So this uh, was confusing to me. Um, so this whole scene was just weird, and, and like I was when I was watching it, I was like, is this supposed to be like a porn film? <laughs> because it's like... Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just a pervert. But like, so she's like, what, you know, they ask her, what, what is you, what'd you make for dinner? And she's like, stew. And then she's like, and for dessert, cherry pie. Cherry pie, bro. And she just says, she just says it in this so like, like, I don't know, like comically sexual way. Yep. And then all the girls are like, um, she's like, oh, cherry pie. That's my favorite. And then like the British girl, that we'll meet in a minute. Oh yeah. Um, with yeah, with her shirt about to fall off, was like, um, anything you can get your hands on is your favorite. And then she says, um, and then the other girl says, "Oh, shove it!" And then the British girl walks down the steps and says, "Any particular place, sweetheart?" Yeah. And then they talk about being sex freaks, and I'm like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah. <laughs> They're no longer talking about food. Yeah. <laughs> They're talking about all these girls are talking about fucking each other. Like, well, yeah, that's what happens at these finishing schools. This has yeah. to be. This has to be intended. There's no way this could be an accident. Yeah, like th- these girls are all talking about fucking each other, and I was like, wow, this is going to get interesting. Maybe, maybe we don't do the killing part, like, yeah. you know, in this movie. But, um, but it, then it changes a little bit. Yeah, but then yeah, we see that was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the British girl, she's Trisha, and yes. the main, uh, it's pretty much the main antagonist girls, I guess, like the main horny ones. Are are Trisha, uh, Layla, and Melanie? All right, they're like the main ones that are like making all those sexual jokes and stuff. And Nancy's like the nice, the nice girl. Um, so we see a, a quick little scene of a glove mess- getting his list and marking an X on it. Then we see a picture <laughs> of the daughter who died in this weird like cutscene. Yeah, which was very Friday the Thirteenth looking. Yes. So there are scenes in Friday the 13th that look exactly like that cutscene where it's flashing from the picture to the, uh, to the, uh, uh, it was the picture to the film, the video of the girl standing on the balcony that we saw like two minutes before this. Cause we're only like two minutes and 40 seconds of the movie at this point. Yeah. But, um, but it flashes back to, to that. And there's scenes like that, exactly like that in Friday the 13th. Exactly. Some eerie shit right here. Yeah. So the girls are at the dinner table, and Layla is saying like, "Hey, I got a big plan tonight and stuff. We got mm-hmm. TJ coming over with all his boys on an airplane. They're gonna come down and satisfy us." Yeah, because they're rich assholes. Yes, and then basically their plan is okay. What we gotta do is we got to drug Miss <laughs> Jensen so she doesn't bother our fun of sex. <laughs> Which is basically they didn't actually say that, but that's basically what's gonna happen. Okay. That's basically what they're yeah. That's basically what they're doing. So they're planning all that stuff while they're talking about desserts and what Allison was saying earlier about sexual desserts and shit. And cherry pie. And cherry pies. Like, and all I mean, that stuff. is it? I mean, is it me? I mean, am I wrong? Like, I mean, he could have picked any dessert, right? Yeah. Like when he when he wrote this, when Audrey wrote this, he could have picked cheesecake. He could have picked pound cake. Oh, well, even pound cake would have been a little bit. Suggestive. This is a horror but movie, bro. We gotta have picked, some sexual turns on there. Right? <laughs> he could have picked any kind of. Uh, any kind of dessert, but he picks cherry pie. Well, what did you want him to have? Peach cobbler? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
if he didn't want it to be sexual, he would have picked peach cobbler. Even that's kind of sexual. <laughs> hey, that's kind of there too, brother. <laughs> it don't matter what kind of pie it is. Shout out to, anyway, uh, by the way, this is Christmas time, so shout out to pecan pie, by the way. Oh, hell yeah, pecan pie. Shout out to that the one. That one's my favorite. Of all pies. I don't know. You can make it a little sexual. You know, pecan in there. You know, get the get the pea pine going. <laughs> I guess I don't know. On this show, we can make anything sexual. But so, yes. So they're also wondering where is Sheila at. Mm. So Sheila is in her room, and we have uh, this guy Paul. He is outside saying, "Hurry up, Sheila! Hurry up! God, you're taking forever." And I was just thinking, fuck, Paul, me and you, I, I feel your pain because I know what it what it's like when a girl takes forever to get ready. Mm-hmm. So he's out there waiting, waiting, everything. We see like this stalking figure behind him with like a knife. He's waiting, waiting for her. She like randomly takes off her shirt so we can get some tits right away. <laughs> <laughs> this scene is hilarious, too. Like, so she's like, so, okay, so my understanding is. So this Paul guy, I guess, lives near the finishing school, I'm assuming, right? And she's seeing Paul. Mm-hmm. So Paul goes up, right? Yeah. And um, and she goes up to her room because she's expecting Paul to show up at the window. Yeah. Which is on the second floor. I don't I guess he's gonna climb up the building. I guess. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so she goes and then then she hears him and she's like, Paul, is that you? Like, who the fuck does she think it is? Like she went up there expecting Paul. Yeah. And now she's like, "Is that you, Paul?" Like, of course, it, of course. It's obviously it's a way to introduce who Paul is, but I yeah. mean, still, it's like, of course, it's Paul. And then she just randomly takes off her shirt for some reason. Yeah, and then I guess she's gonna and go down there and get gorgeous, ready. like the way he shot that, like yeah, through nice. the with the light through the window. It was beautiful. So Paul gets stabbed, super easy. It's kind of mm-hmm. a weird scene. All right, and then right after he gets stabbed, we see the girls, all the rest of the girls, and they're just finishing up their pie. And yeah. they're all saying that the boys are coming around midnight, and that they love airplanes. Thank you, thank you, airplanes, for bringing these cocks over. <laughs> right. Yes, right. that's basically thank what they were airplanes. thinking. <laughs> all right. So then Sheila goes outside, and she's asking for Paul. And then she just gets stabbed in the most goofiest way. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure I've done this scene in my movie before. A girl walks outside, Paul, and they're like. And then you just see a hand and a knife in the chest, and then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Exactly. So I was like, that's great. This is great. This movie's fantastic. So, um, so after she gets stabbed, um the the Nancy the Nancy girl, like the, the innocent the innocent one, all right, mm-hmm. she's like saying, like, oh, I think I heard something out there. It's just like so you didn't hear nothing. Maybe you need some more pie. Yeah, more <laughs> so, pie. pie, quote unquote. And she's like, oh, I, I just thought I saw something or heard something outside. So now um, now the girls are talking some little bit more. Um, she So basically, like, I guess they get on to the um, Leela that wants to, Leela says something about, you know, Sheila and where she might be at. And apparently Trish, Trisha, she wants some uh, perfume to put on. Okay. Mm-hmm. This this basically gets um Layla to go to the to the uh to her room to go grab some perfume. She wants a Chanel one, brother. We want the high class shit over here. Yeah, of course we do. And this is when Layla. This is when we meet the character Ralph. Okay, <laughs> Ralph comes in. Ralph. 
This guy was fucking weird. I don't know why he was in this movie, but he was here. Okay, Ralph shows up. He's like, I need to check on the plants. Yes, also a character in... um, Also a character in Friday the 13th is named Ralph, who warns them not to go to the camp. Bro, I'm telling you, man, this is kind of weird. Like, I are we are we sure these movies didn't like coexist with each other? They had to. We're be. definitely not sure. We don't. We're definitely not sure. But there is a character named Ralph because remember, Ralph in Friday the Thirteenth was the guy who's like, "Don't go to the camp. Yes. Camp blood. You're all gonna die." Yeah. And in this movie, Ralph's like, "Same. I'm same. just worried about you." Yes, exactly. He's all like, "I'm here to take care of the plants. Plants. God gave us plants for pleasure." <laughs> And then she's like, oh, did you eat into the cherry pie? He's like, I love cherry pie. And I love Nancy. Like, come on. Like, this has to be intentional, right? I guess. Did you eat any of the cherry? Oh, really? Like, this has to be intentional. And he's like, I love cherry pie. Yes. So, uh, uh, Ruth, she shows up. Um, and so, there's like, so Ruth's, Ruth's friend shows up. And this character was weird too. I don't know why she was here either. It was like this girl. Um, it was like her friend, and she was basically saying like, you know, Ruth, I don't know why you decided to like work here. Um, you know, like, and then she started talking about some of her like her her problems. Like, yeah, I know I'm gonna die one of these days. I've been to like three husbands already. All right, and like you know, he's like like I'm not sure why you're here and why you're working here and stuff. Um, but then she's like, I know I'm going to die. I got all these um, health problems and stuff. It was just like, like, like a random character that was there. Right. And uh, this is when we have um, Leela. She sh- shows up. And she's basically saying like, hey, you know, don't worry about cleaning up stuff. We'll do all this stuff. And if you just go upstairs, we'll, we'll get you some warm milk. Because they want to they drug the warm milk to so make her go to sleep so they can have the boys over. Right. All right. And then Ralph is like, he, he's, not, he's worried about everything. Ralph is like worried about her and he just doesn't know if stuff's going to be going right over here. And, uh, and then the other friend's like, so you shouldn't be working with all these rich bitches. (laughs) So, and then this is when, so this is when the girls, they all decide like, Hey Nancy, it needs to be you to give Ruth the warm milk because she won't expect anything that you do because you're the nice one. And then Nancy's like, why do I always have to do this? It's like, well, we just told you. You're the nice one. Go up there and give her the fucking milk. All right? TJ is coming over. We need his airplane and shit. TJ. TJ. So, so the Ruth's friend leaves, tells her to do more with her life. You know, stop, you know, stop being around all these girls and shit. So it's nighttime and stuff. Nancy gives the, the milk. To to the uh, to root for her to pass out, and while this is all happening, the plan lands, and now we have we now we meet our boy cast. Yeah, a fucking TJ, the main guy. Yeah. We have um, um, Tom, and we have uh Alex, which is like the nerdy guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Alex is played by Forrest Swanson. Yes. Who actually was dating Jennifer Runyon, who played Nancy at this time in her life. Interesting. Yeah. So at first, like, Nancy's not really there. So we're having, like, like all the girls, like, pretty much pick out their boys when they're playing Lance. So TJ's matched up with Layla. 
Alex is matched up with Melody. And uh, Tom, he, he's matched up with the, uh, the, 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 the Trish girl. All right? Yeah. And then we're just seeing them all kind of like matched together. Um, there's another girl who's matched up with this guy, Blake, as well, too. He's there matching all up. So, and this is also, too, when we see TJ. He, he's like basically telling his pilot. Like at first, Layla's like, hey, the pilot can come over. And TJ's like, nah, I don't like this guy. There's no room. Just stay around the plane. Stay there. So the pilot's played by the, his name is Harry Dan, Reams. but yeah, Harry Reams is the yeah. pilot guy. He's telling Dan Stryker is his character. Yes. Stay in the, stay in by the plane, brother. So. <laughs> he just gets back on the plane. Yes. And then all the, all the, uh, all the boys are all dressed up in like Santa gear and shit. The proof this is a Christmas movie. <clears throat> so this is um, one of the scenes they're talking about. So how, how dark the scene is. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, this is my filmmaking question number two. So is this shot day for night? Because like a lot of this looks like it was shot in the daytime. Like, yeah. like um, when you look at it, like the scene where um, Ralph is um, warning. Uh, so Ralph, it's Nancy, right? He goes to Nancy. Yeah. Na- yeah. Yeah. He warns Nancy and he gives her the flashlight because he wants her to be safe. Mm-hmm. Even though she already has a flashlight, but anyway, he he gives yes. her the flashlight because he wants her to be safe. But that scene, it looks like when you look at the trees, it looks like there's sunlight on the tree mm-hmm. on the trees, yeah, on, li- on the limbs of the trees. And and I'm guessing that it looks so dark because they tried to make it in post production. They tried to color it to make it look like it was nighttime, and it was just made so dark that you can't really see anything. I mean, is that, I mean, do you think that's accurate or yeah. I mean, what's your opinion? Yeah. I mean, I've seen a couple uh especially during the eighties where they did that scene mm-hmm. a lot where, you know, they didn't really have the best like night vision style cameras or, you know. Yeah. So they basically, what they do is they would, they would film it during the day with some lights on there. And then they would like tint out everything to make right. it look like it a would dark be a, scene. Because otherwise I don't know how they would have shot this scene. Not that I'm a filmmaker or know a lot enough about filmmaking, but. Like I don't know how they would have shot this scene um, at nighttime when they would have been able to pick up the their faces at all. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it, like I don't know how they would have how 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 they would have lit the well, scene. They, where uh, they yeah, been they able probably to just didn't have enough uh, camera lights or camera technology back then to do those kind of darker scenes where they can sure. make make it look like it's actually nighttime, um, but with the right lighting. So basically, what they what yeah. did was they probably just filmed it during the day or maybe like midday, and they just yeah. tinted out the this camera, tinted out the scene to make it look a little more like nighttime. Right, and then maybe he tinted it too much. Yeah, well, you know, on a on a home video, on a home video, it's on a smaller television screen than obviously in like theaters. So mm-hmm. they he probably just didn't format it for like a VHS, uh, you know, style. Like well, yeah. Plus, there's not enough data on a VHS tape. There's just not enough detail there. Yeah. Whereas on like DVD, even or Blu-ray, especially or streaming, like we watched it, you, there's more detail to see. Yeah. So you. Well, can this see was the remastered too. Now. This was this movie True. was remastered into Blu-ray format. So that's probably the one that we saw streaming was their Blu-ray format. Right. Correct. So, absolutely. So we're we're back in the house, and mm-hmm. Blake is singing some sort of Vagabond Christmas song. Yeah. They all like it. Wonder, I wonder if David Hess wrote this song. Uh, maybe, yeah. Oh, yeah, he probably did. He wrote all. He wrote all the songs for Last House on the Left. Yes. 
like oh, all those songs that play in the movie. He wrote all those songs. So I wonder if he wrote this. I'm not familiar with this song, but I'm wondering if David Heff wrote the song. But I mean, anyway. Continue. So they're all listening to Blake yeah. sing. Yes. And we're, all, we're, all, we're in the house, and, and then the Santa is like around the closet and stuff, kind of st- stalking around. So the Alex guy, I call him the nerd, he's talking about like x-rays and shit, boring everybody. <laughs> and <laughs> and <laughs> yes. I have a friend like that too, who does that. <laughs> so the British girl, Trisha, she wants a beer. All right. And she wants to see if anybody else wants a beer. And this character was very interesting. Her dialogue and how she acted and stuff was very interesting to me. Yeah. So she goes into the uh, uh, the, the refrigerator. It's supposed to look like a night scene on here too. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and she is about to get her beer. And apparently uh, Tom, she, she's also one that she was like flirting with Tom. She thinks yeah. Tom is right behind her. She's like, she, she, she thinks Tom is in like the, the Santa outfit. She's like, she's like, Tom, stop playing around. All right, if you wanted to take seduce me, me like a real man, take that thing off and take me to bed. Mm-hmm. And of course, she gets stabbed right in the throat, and there she goes, blood everywhere. Yep, which is sad because I really liked, uh, I really liked uh, Trisha. I know, me too. I was like, man, yeah, she was just different I mean, from all the maybe, other ones. As I say, maybe like because she's super hot, but but still, like, yeah, she's played by Angela Bath. Yes. But yeah, so now she's gone from the movie. We lost her already. Lost her already. That's okay. So now Nancy is talking to uh to Ralph. Okay, she's like I guess she's not part of the party. She's talking to Ralph. All right, and um, he uh he he's basically Ralph is basically warning her, saying like, hey, you know, like lock your doors in here. Evil is in this house. All right, and she's like, okay, I will. He's like. And so, you know, he's warning her. Then we get back to Blake. He's singing some song again about a wonder, you know, some sort of song. Is that the scene where they're smoking weed or does that come later? It's, 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 they could have been smoking weed during this part too. Because <laughs> that scene was pretty funny. Yeah. Where they're smoking weed and then like, and then, and then like he hits like two notes on the guitar and then she's, and then she's like, oh, that's a beautiful song. Yeah. 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 That's, yep. And it, yeah, that's anyway. pretty much what this is. And he was basically <laughs> saying, like, hey, I wrote this song for my for my brother. For my, my infant right. brother, yeah. Yeah. Such a such a sweet guy. Uh, he is. Yeah, so now like um now the uh the uh, the Tom guy goes actually looking for 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 uh for Trisha because he wants his beer. Mm. Alright. And then of course he is in no mood for no hide and seek. Nope. Alright. So now the uh, the Blake and uh, the girl Sam they they're they are now kissing and they're flirting, all right. Like run around the the house and stuff and so and then we have um the guy the guy Tom he's in like the Hawaiian shirt he's the one looking for for Trish, like he's like looking yes. around here for Trish and everything, and. And he's like looking around, and he eventually looks, and he eventually f- sees like Trisha dead in the grill. Like she was like stuffed mm-hmm. in like that, like a grill looking thing. Right. And then the Santa attacks him. And uh, this is this is I called this scene the hammer smash face scene because the Santa took a rock and just smashed his face. And of course, you know during this time we didn't see the whole action happen. You kind of just 
imply that it happened? Did we see a scene of him being yeah. a little bloody in the face? Well, they didn't have enough money for that. They didn't have enough money for a smashed face with a rock. Yes. Rock smashed face. They didn't have enough money for that at the time. Not for this movie. Yes. So the it all uh, on a damn airplane. Yes. <laughs> so the 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 uh, the Qatar guy uh, Blake and and Sam they're like making out, all right. And now the Melanie girl is basically telling Tom, "Listen, we need, you need to drop this, and I'm going to take you upstairs because I have to give you an advanced lesson." <laughs> she is horny. She yes. wants the fact. The nerd guy. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's all like <laughs> it's like come here genius you need a you need a uh, an advanced lesson and more relevant <laughs> and more relevant stuff and then the guy the nervous yeah. the alex guy is like super nervous like he's like i was like bro come on man just fucking do it well so, well we find out why in a minute yeah so now the uh the blake and sander are like playing around with each other and stuff and they start fucking kissing on the floor and i like it when they're like kissing on like the living room the girl was like I mean, we should do it here. People walk in. He's like, oh, fuck it. Don't worry about them. There's nobody here. They can't hear us. We're just right here in the living room where anybody can just walk in. No problem. They won't hear us. But but that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Don't worry. Nobody will ever go to the living room again. So now Nancy, she's the one who's walking around the house. She's the only one that doesn't have a man hooked up with her yet. Okay, so the Layla, she, she's she's been the whole time like kind of like, messing around with TJ because they're kind of like I don't know if they're an item and stuff but they're like they've been messing around and stuff um, and then like TJ points out like hey there's a wall over there we've never done it on a wall before <laughs> sorry <laughs> we've never done it on a wall before uh, so now um, later she wants to go get some some like I guess go get some drinks and stuff and TJ's just kind of like just sitting there and so later she runs into Nancy and uh, they kind of scare each other for a minute. And then she basically says, like, yeah, the TJ's, he's all right and stuff. He's he's okay in the sack. He's not the best, but he's okay. But he has all that money. All right? Yeah. So we're seeing how this true girl's nature is. So also, yeah. too, when she grabs the beer, like when Layla goes to grab some beer, she knows, like, oh, man, somebody must have cut themselves, like, from shaving or something because they knows there was some blood on the floor. And then Nancy, she kind of, like, wipes up the blood. And, of course, we have the Santa. He's talking everybody so alex now scares nancy and he he was coming there for a drink all right and then he is um i guess he's like i guess he kind of likes nancy you could tell like he's a little nervous around here and they were just talking for a little bit and she eventually gives him a glass of milk so now we have nancy she's drinking milk outside he starts hearing noises and did you hear these noises like they were like it sounded like somebody was getting choked out. Yeah. But it was just fucking the girl Sam getting fucked. Right. I was yeah. like, damn. Well, I mean, you know. It sounded like she was dying. I was like, damn. Right. I mean, you know, well, you know, violence and sex are kind of linked together in a lot of ways. Yeah. So she keeps hearing all these noises. She looks in the window. She's like, oh, okay, that's what's going on. And, of course, the killer is around. So now uh, when, she, when Nancy walks away, uh, Blake and Sam, they're going at it. And event and, and then apparently the Santa Claus killer had time to armor himself up, kind of like our boy Grandpa in Deadly Games. He he, oh, okay. he the killer put himself in armor. He used a crossbow to kill Blake, and then he chopped Sam's head right off, brother. Like I was flying. This was the first. 
this was the first part of the movie where I was like, all right, hold the fucking phone. Yeah. So like, he's, he's inside a suit of armor. Yes. And then he kills this guy with an ax. Like, it's yeah. just, well, he killed the guy absurd. with the, he killed the guy with the bow and arrow. She so the he killed the, oh, right. Oh, right. killed the right. girl with the ax. That right. Yeah. I forgot huh? about that. Yes, you're right. But that was, that was absurd. It's like, <laughs> it was fucking suit of armor. Yeah. So this is when Nancy, she goes back inside and Ralph comes getting fucking through the window and shit. He's all there. Uh, he's like saying like, you know, again, warning her there's something wrong going on over here and stuff. And that he likes, he doesn't like a lot of the girls here, but he likes her. All right. And then he's all like, hey, do you pray? Well, you better pray because the fucking devil is in here. You better pray that he, that he takes, you know, that you better pray that he goes away. And then he said he like he'll take care of her and stuff. So I was like, that's a little weird. So he leaves. Uh, we have uh, the Santa. It's like digging holes and shit and burying bodies in the holes. So now we have Melanie. She is in the bed, and she is basically trying to get Alex to have sex with her. And Alex is super nervous, and she's like, "Oh, this must be your first time. It's okay. I've had first timers before." Mm-hmm. All right, and let's not talk about me about this nerd science stuff. Let's get it on. So they basically basically gets her in the bed and everything, and he is like falling off the bed. He's just like super nervous, falling here and out and stuff. And eventually, Melanie, uh, and he's he got us getting super excited. And eventually, she goes in for the for 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 the for the fuck. She's in there. Okay, so let's see. So he's staying here. She's down. So she's like, so I don't know if they actually like fucked or not because she was basically in the bed with him flirting the whole time and he seemed like he was enjoying it, but then we just cut the scene. Yeah. Right? And we cut the scene for like Nancy's out there and she's looking for like Ralph or she's looking for like, you know, di- different people outside. And then Nancy, um, eventually Alex like runs into her, you know, outside. This is when Ralph was like giving her a flashlight and stuff. This is when Alex runs into her and stuff. And this is when uh, now Melanie's outside and too. Yeah, I can't remember if it was this actress or not. One of the actresses yeah. um, almost filmed a nude scene for the movie and then decided not to at the last minute. So I'm wondering if it was her. And maybe that's why that cut is so weird. Because originally they were going to have a nude scene with her okay. for this for them having sex. And then she didn't do it. So maybe that's why they had to make that weird cut like that. Yeah. And then we're outside. And then like, like TJ and Layla, they're on like, this little picnic thing. And TJ is kind of being a little dick to Nancy. And that's when she kind of goes off. And that's when she meets up with uh, Ralph and Alex. Um, and then, the, the, like, Alex and her, they kind of flirt a little bit. Alex and Nancy kind of flirt a little bit. Um, and then they're, they're just, uh, they, they walk. They're, like, walking through the, some of the forest or the, some of the trees. And eventually Nancy, like, trips over Ralph's dead body. And he turns up like a Nazi, like like a zombie. He, like, popped right up. It was fucking yeah. weird. You see that? Yeah. Yes. Fucking weird. Like, he's just like, they're like walking around. She trips on him and he gets up like the Undertaker's pose. Fucking weird. So now the police guy's there. He's asking anybody, like, okay, did I, do you know if Ralph had like any enemies and stuff? Like, and then he's like, okay, well, I'm going to have to call all your parents in here because it's murder. And TJ's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not do that shit. All right. My parents don't know I'm here and shit. (laughs) 
You know, I told him I was somewhere else, and the cops like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, what the fuck? Why am I gonna do it anyway? Like, like you took a plane yeah. here, and your parents don't know. Yeah. Well, last dollars are rich and famous, I guess. Yes, exactly. And then the teacher's like, "Well, fuck! I, none of us killed that old nut." Uh huh. And then the cop still wants to do. <laughs> he still wants to get some more, um, some more evidence out of everybody. And then he's all like, "Okay, well, I need you to find your other friends." And I need you to tell me where they're hiding. I need, you know, because like Sam and Blake are missing. All right. And then Trisha and Tom are missing too. So they want to know where all, all of them are at. You know, the cop was like, hey, we need you to find your friends and you better not be hiding anybody from me. All right. Okay. Now I get to how like the police chief guy was all like, ah, in my whole life of being the chief police and stuff, I never seen like anything like this before. And I was just like, didn't like two years ago, like a girl die here? Like, I think you've seen something like it before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Ever forget about uh, that already. I think, you've seen, I think you've seen something similar to this. Yeah, and this is when uh, now Nancy she's going on about Ralph and stuff, and like how Ralph was like warning her about evil and everything, and all this you know religious stuff. Uh, and the cop was going up to her, and, and he's like, you know, she's like, okay, and then the cop is telling Nan- Nancy, he's like, okay, do you know like you know this Ralph guy? Apparently, he used to hang around some bad people. Before in his life and stuff, maybe one of his old friends came out here to get some revenge and stuff. Then he like he like touches Mary Nancy's face. He's like, "Don't worry about it. everything; will be okay." So Alex believes that nobody is coming back and they're all dead. All right, and then TJ is going on saying that now they're all just like out there just doing their stuff. They'll come back and everything. So we're seeing that TJ and Alex like they don't really get along as much. And uh, uh, TJ and Melanie, they both leave because they're frustrated and that leaves Alex and Nancy alone so they can flirt a little bit more. So they both are scared. Like Alex and Nancy are both a little worried about, you know, all the weird stuff that's happening around the states. So everybody missing and Ralph dying as well. So the cops are, t- so this so this cop, right? It's like, <laughs> he's like talking to these other two cops saying like, all right, I need you two to fucking watch this place. All right. And this, this, I need you two snitches to stay here. All right. And if you screw it all up, you know, you're gone. And then they're like, okay. Then they're like, oh man, like we're never going to get promoted now. I said, these two cops are saying, and they're like, well, you know, at least we can do some action while we're here. <laughs> so just a weird scene of like these two cops that are going to be staying around just acting all kind of weird. So now we have Alex and Nancy. They're telling... Um, uh, uh, Jensen, you know, something's wrong here. Ralph, Ralph's murderer is still probably out there and still around. Uh, but she's like, okay, well, we have, we had the police here this time, so everything should be okay. So, you know, we'll make sure, you know, we feel a little bit safer now because there's two cops going to be staying around here. Mm-hmm. So they all start eating dinner and stuff. Um, we have one cop who's in like the pink shirt and everything. He's gonna stay there while the other cop's gonna be walking around. And eventually, uh, Ruth tells um, uh, Nan- no, she tells uh, Layla to go show the pink cop his room. All right. So she goes and shows the pink cop where his uh, room's gonna be. And he's all like, "Ooh, this is this is the pink cop." He's like, "Ooh, whose room is this?" And I was like, "Oh, it's my room." He's like, oh, okay. And she's like, just holler if you need anything. And he's all like, holler. And then she's like, maybe later. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, what 
the fuck is going on over here? This girl was just <laughs> talking about how she liked TJ because of his money. Yeah, his cock wasn't yeah. that good, but his money was good. Now she's yeah. flirting with this old, pink-looking, weird 70s cop. Yeah, well, you know, maybe yeah. she likes TJ's money, but maybe she thinks the cop fucks real good. Well, yeah, he had a pink shirt on, so you never know. <laughs> you, you, anybody who wears a pink shirt fucks real yeah. good, I can tell you that. Any guy, for sure. Yeah, I mean, duh. This guy was ready to go. So now TJ, he's all worked up and stuff. And, um, you know, so uh, there, there's like the scene where Alex and Nancy and TJ and Melody are all in a room. And they're basically talking about like, you know, where where is everybody? How come we can't find him? TJ just thinks like, oh, they just go out and they just do their own thing. We're going to be fine, guys. We got cops out here. Everything's going to be okay. And, of course, Alex and Nancy are like, no, there's something weird going on around here. And, of course, Melanie's a little scared and stuff. And TJ's like, oh, don't worry. I'll protect you and everything. Puts his hand on his leg so you can see there's some tension going on here. And then TJ's like, hey, I'm going to get a beer. Melanie, do you want a beer? She's like, yes, I'll get a beer. He's like, all right. Sounds good. Now, he goes, gets a beer. He goes upstairs. Okay, because I guess Layla, she excused herself because she wanted to go take a shower. All right. And when he's going upstairs with beer, he can hear Layla and the pink cop flirting messing around in the bedroom right upstairs yep and our boy is pissed he's like all right hey you want to go fuck this cop and shit after i gave you some of my rich dick no i'm gonna go flirt with this melanie girl she's hotter anyway brother so for a second let's stop for a second so remember when i said earlier in the show that i was like is this like a porn film yes so but the plot of this yes. is exactly like the plot of a porn film yes you know, like it's just like how people like in a, in a in like an old style porn movie, like um, like you know just how they interact, and then they're like, oh, I'm gonna go have sex with this other person so that we can shoehorn this other sex scene into this movie into this porn film. It's it's almost like that. I mean, it's it's really bizarre. Like yeah. it's written like a porn movie. It, it, it is like part of the plot <laughs> is written exactly like that. Yeah. It so is. we have like, you know, we have like the Alex and the Nancy. They're supposed to be like the nice two couples and shit. You know, Nancy just yeah. kind of wanted to open up some presents. They're like, no, that's not a good time for Christmas. And like, you know, we got some shit like that. And the other two just want the other, basically the other four just all want to fuck. <laughs> yeah. And like how she just like decides she wants to fuck the cop and like yeah. for no reason. You know, like the delivery man shows up and like, I'm just going to fuck this delivery man. Yeah. Because it's a porn movie. It's just kind of like that. It's so bizarre. So, so TJ brings... PBR beer. Hell yeah. To fucking Melanie. You like PBR? Uh, it, uh, do I like it? I mean, it wouldn't be my go-to drink, but I mean, it, it would be like, it's my go-to cheap drink. Like if I want to spend $2 on a beer, um, then yeah, PBR is fine. I'll drink that. I'll drink it before I'll drink a Bud Light for sure. I'll give you that one. It's a good college beer, so <laughs> I'm not a big fan of it, but you know, it was good for back in the day, so I can get why they like to hear. So now, uh, so now after the uh, the uh, TJ gives the, the beer to Melanie, now Alex and Nancy they're going to investigate the house. Okay, and then we see Santa grabs an axe. Uh oh. So so Alex and Nancy they're upstairs and they're looking through a bunch of rooms and Nancy gets scared. He says, "Oh, it's just a breeze." And it, it ended up just being the breeze, and of course the, <laughs> the, the it's the, actually a breeze. Yes, and then uh, the killer Santa sees outside, and um, so so basically we have the scene where the pink cop, 
Alright, he is done fucking Layla. And they're going back and forth, kind of like, you know, flirting a little bit and stuff. And then now, now Layla is going to take her shower. Okay? But then the pink cop hears something. And then this is when he gets axed in the back, brother. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so now TJ and Melly, they're outside. Okay, because they're, they're going to go get some fresh air. And they feel like they're trapped in this place. They feel like they're trapped in this place, even though this motherfucker has an airplane, like, not even 30 minutes away to go fly somewhere else if he wants to. But they feel yeah. trapped. Oh, that was something I was going to ask you about, too, and I forgot. So yeah. this place has its own runway? Yeah. Or you say that like it's obvious. Yeah, duh. Like, so it has its own <laughs> runway where they can land a plane. I mean, I, I know this thing is, this finishing school was for rich people, but that's mm. just kind of weird, I thought. Well, you know, just in case the uh, the family, they don't want to drive there. There's a fly in their fancy jets to drop off all their brat kids. <laughs> all right. True. So, so now, so they're getting the fresh air and everything. And they're outstairs. And then basically, um, we have Alex and, and Nancy. They're checking some more rooms and stuff. And then during this stuff, we can see like the killer Santa is kind of like coming upstairs because they're kind of going upstairs. So it's kind of kind of following them all up there as well. Sure. Um, so they're they're checking upstairs. Um, Nancy's not liking this. Uh, she's never been upstairs before, so she doesn't know who is staying in who which rooms. All right. <laughs> she's never been upstairs, but we're right. Yes. Sure. So I guess. You know, I thought she went upstairs a couple times. Apparently, no. Apparently, she's been downstairs the whole time. During her whole stay here, she has never been upstairs. Okay. I guess so, because, I mean, she lives here, but she's never been upstairs. Yes. And, of course, you know, Santa's stalking them the whole time. Absolutely. Um, so, TJ and Melody, they're all outside still. You know, he, he's basically saying stuff, like, to her, like, you know... I didn't really want to be with that Layla in the first place. When I saw you, and I liked you mm. from the beginning, it's oh, like, don't, if anything is happening here, don't worry, I'll protect you. And she's like, oh, well, I just thought you weren't interested in me at the beginning. It's like, oh, I was, trust me. Huh? I'm interested in you now because yes. you're standing in front of me. I have something to mention at this point. Oh, go ahead. You can go ahead. No, I was going to say that, um, don't you think that it's, I mean, I know this is a little bit past where we were, but like when the cops show up, they suggest that, so they find Ralph's body and then they think that Ralph might be murdered. And then they think that the best course of action is for everybody to stay at the murder site. Yes. Well, yeah, duh. I mean, uh, you know, they have two, they had two cops outside. <laughs> All right. So the, the two cops should be fine. And by the way, the, uh, we had a, uh, the other cop, um, he, the one that's not the non-picture cop, he got killed by an axe. Yeah. Yes. In a very lazy scene. So, you know, Alex, they're checking some more rooms upstairs. Uh, Nancy, she just wants to leave this place. Um, this is like, you know, can we just get out of here and stuff? And she, Alex, Alex is like, well, you know, I kind of want to find everybody first before we can get out of here. Um, but the only thing we could do is just, you know, wait and stuff like, you know, they they talk a little bit about like I guess Nancy's parents weren't around here. They're they're or Alex's parents wasn't here. They're they're all in, like in Europe, so they're just kind of like. Um, and then Nancy, she's not feeling like this is like a really good Christmas so far. I bet. Yeah, I wonder why. I mean, with yeah. all the axe murders and uh, 
her parents leaving her to go have fun in Europe while she stayed at the finishing school. And, yes. you know, so Layla now is, um, she now finally taken her shower. Okay. Yeah. And she's getting ready for the shower and she opens up the curtains and she sees the dead Sam ham- head mm-hmm. hanging from the shower. She freaks out. The pink cop comes in there, knife, uh, axe in his back, his mouth full of blood. And then she's all screams, and then we see the killer Santa attack. Well, not really attack, do something to Layla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is also a very Friday the 13th scene where you find where she. You know, remember in Friday the 13th where they keep coming across the dead bodies? Yeah. And place stuck in places? That that happens in this movie, too. Yeah, and this is when TJ and Melody, they're still outside, you know, talking to each other about, you know, they all liked each other from the first time they met. You know, I think you're cute and everything. They start kissing everything. They start kissing it all up. So they decide, Alex and Nancy do, to dance and hold each other closer. Of course, okay? that's what you do. Yes. So, I guess they're trying to like. I guess he was trying to like, you know, since since Nancy's not having the best Christmas, she's she's super worried and stuff. He's trying to like calm her down a little bit by holding her close and, sure. and dancing with her. Sure, okay? that's what he's trying to do. Yes. So outside, Melanie and TJ are going at it. My boy's trying to go for the tit. All right, and mm-hmm. while he does that, he gets killed by a wire. <laughs> yes. He gets killed by wire. So Santa. Death by wire. Not, he, he got done killing the cop, the pink cop. He scared mm-hmm. Layla. And then he teleported all the way outside onto a tree and killed TJ with a wire. Mm. A fish wire. Yes. Is it a fish wire or just a regular wire? I don't know. It's like some kind of like wire that he could just like choke him with or whatever. But um, I can't remember. Do we actually see uh, Santa in this scene? Yeah. On the tree. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's in the tree. Okay. Yeah, you're right. But so, yeah, he re- just teleport. He's very quick. Yes, but we find out why this happens later. Yeah. So Melanie now gets the fuck out of there. She's like, "Oh, his dick wasn't that good. I'm out of here." So she runs, runs for help. Help! The guy's dying. Uh, Nancy. Um. So now, like, uh, 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 Melanie runs to the door. Nancy opens the door and stuff. And Melanie's going off, saying like, "He died. They killed him. He's dead. He's dead instead." So she's like freaking out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like we're all gonna die here that's what she was saying we're all gonna die and all this stuff is gonna happen she's like freaking out and then they go check the Layla and see where she was in the shower so they go to the shower they see the cop dead they see the head there and they're all freaking out so Alex needs to go to the he wants to go call the phone in the phone line but then we actually see the phone line get cut like you know how like when horror movies like the phone line is implied that it got cut we actually yeah. seen a, 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 a scene of the actual phone line being cut. Nice. I like that. It's a classic move. Yes. So that's all cut. The, the, the phones are not working. Um, they, now they're like, okay, let's all three of us get onto the plane right now. All right. So that's their plan is to get to the plane. Uh, the, the Santa, while they're doing it, shows up. Melanie freaks out. She like runs away like she's running towards the plane. So... So during all this stuff, you know, Layla, she has like turned into like, so Layla didn't die. So I'm not really sure exactly. Can you explain to me what happened to, to the Layla character? 
So she, the last time we saw her normal, she was in the shower, and the the cop, the pink cop, died, and the killer yeah. center went in there, and the next thing you know, we see her dancing, like some creepy doll dancing on top, like Harley Quinn. What what happened here? Did I miss something here? Did we forget like a cut Uh-oh. or something? Tell me what happened, please. Tell me, please. How, tell did, me. how did I know you were going to try and make me explain this? Uh, you're gonna so the the kayfabe part of this is so she 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 has some kind of like mental breakdown I think like she just like l- completely loses it because of the seeing Sam's dead body or Sam's head I guess yeah and <laughs> no. but then like no the, it was the girls yeah yeah Sam right the girl yeah seeing her head yeah, yes. yeah. <clears throat> but so then for the rest of the movie she just like sings and dances. Yeah, like you know, the creepy singing dance. I get like, it because that's what people that, that's what people who have mental breakdowns do, right? They just sing and dance. Well, why didn't she die? Like, what was so special about her character that she didn't get de- died? Was well, like the skill sounds like, gonna, oh, this girl's fucked anyway. We're gonna get. <laughs> sorry, sorry to keep a straight face. We're gonna get there. It gets. This is not even the weirdest part of this whole. Thing. Okay, well, we'll get to the next scene. So, <laughs> so Alex. Nancy and Melly, they want to leave. They go to the plane, right? Yeah. But the fucking right. killer Santa shows up and kind of blocks them. Melanie's like, fuck, I'm out of here. She just runs the fuck towards the plane. She's like, fuck you guys. Or I'm going to this porn guy. He'll take care of me. So it is re- now we get our first reveal that the killer mm-hmm. Santa was was uh, Ruth Jensen this whole time. The caretaker yes. girl. Because it was her daughter was the one who fell down other stairs because of these sorority camp counselors didn't take good care of their their <laughs> daughter who fell or drowned and now the mom or is drowned. coming back yes or now the mom has come back for murderous revenge yes so sound familiar there you go so now she's coming back and then they do the whole chase scene with that with them uh with them and and she's basically saying like you know, like so what happens during this like alex runs and hides Okay, he just gets out of there and hides and shit. So a lot of the scene is like uh, uh, Ruth and and Nancy. And Ruth is basically saying, I knew you were there. I know you were there on the two years ago when my daughter got murdered and you was your part of it. And Nancy's like, fuck, this is my first time here. Like, I've never been here before. So just like... I've never been upstairs. Yeah, I've never been upstairs before. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. So just like in Friday the 13th where the camp counselors let... Uh, young Jason die. The mom blamed years later the new counselors for not stopping everything. So very very similar Bro, shit going on here. You just you just spoiled Friday the Thirteenth for the people. Well, fuck, they'll they'll get spoiled later on. All right, come well, on, guys. True. All right. So, um, <laughs> is this the scene that you're talking about? I'm trying to think back now. Is this the scene where she's uh, holding the knife in front of Nancy? Yeah, like the ninth. Yeah, yeah. and she's all talking and, about and Layla's like, dancing and singing in yeah, the background. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and the whole thing was like, you know, see, my daughter was so young. All right, you guys did all your drugs and stuff around her and everything. This is when Nancy's like, well, I wasn't even all here. Your drugs. All right. <laughs> like I said, I've never even been upstairs. Yeah. It's like she's like, this is my first day here. I didn't know her at all. <laughs> all right, and then they attack, uh, and then Nancy's like running away and stuff. Uh, Melanie keeps running. 
All right, she runs all yeah. the way to the airplane. She eventually wakes up the airplane pilot. He's like in a dead sleep. He's like, "What the fuck is going on here?" It's he's, like we're we're getting chased. Everything. He's, he's been on the he's been on the airplane this entire time. Yeah. Well, no, he he was like sleeping on the ground. He wasn't even in the airplane. Oh, he was like, oh, he had right, like a right, true. Uh, he was true. Just sleeping on the ground in a, in a uh, like a like a <laughs> what is it, a bean bag or something. <laughs> yes. And he's waking up, and then she's all like, "TJ's dead," and he's like, "Oh, he is." Oh shit. Okay. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, well, let me fix this wing on this fucking airplane. And the next thing we know, we see the Santa again, turns on the airplane wing and kills them both. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That was easy. Great. This is fantastic. <laughs> oh, God. And then the, uh, I love, I love the, uh, gore effects with like the, uh, you know the body parts like splashing onto the airplane. Yes, Great. yeah, just yeah, all over the airplane. Yes. So we see more scenes of uh, Layla dancing. All right. Yep. And we hear Nancy, Nancy. Uh, so uh, we have. So this is when um, the the uh, the Ruth she's calling for Nancy to mm-hmm. kind of find her, and she brings out this hilarious huge knife. <laughs> Like, do you see the size of this fucking knife? I mean, fuck. This gigantic yeah. butcher knife. Yes. And then they start... Uh, she, go ahead. I was going to say, when she walks around for the rest of the movie, basically holding it above her head. Yes. And then, of course, she goes to stab her, and she misses, of course. Even though she didn't miss any time before, but now she misses now. Nancy well, gets now away. now we have the final girl. Yes, now we got the final girl power, so there you go. Um, she goes to the uh, she goes to the balcony. Oh yeah. Okay, that's where uh, that's where Nancy ends up, and she's in that room upstairs in the balcony. And of course, J- Ruth is like, "Oh yes, there's no more rooms left besides this one." Yeah. And she goes in there. She finds her outside, and of course, Ruth falls off the balcony just like her daughter did. Weird scene. That's where I wrote my notes. <laughs> With another, with yes. another dummy, with another, another mannequin dummy, yes. falling on, this time on its back, yes. but um, but yeah. So this was basically uh, Friday the Thirteenth ending again. The yes. only thing it's missing is the killer mommy part. Yes, it flashes back to showing her daughter fall off the balcony, and then yes. and then uh, you know, the killer mommy, and then she falls, and then so then <laughs> everything is fine. Yep. So now Nancy's crying. Lady's mm-hmm. still dancing. That girl's still dancing. All right, still just, dancing. Still dancing. So, 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 so Nancy's crying, right? And then we see another Santa show up. All right, two Santas, two Santas, and he was all like, "The Santa's just saying, you killed her. You killed them both." It's like that was my wife and my daughter that you both killed. <laughs> so apparently, the cop, the original cop, you know, the yeah. one that was getting gathered information. He was mm-hmm. the dad of the original girl who fell off the balcony and was the husband of Ruth. So he was the second killer. And now he's blaming Nancy for killing both of them. But before Black he list. can kill him, Alex shoots him with a, with a crossbow. Yep. And he kills him. Nancy starts crying. Alex said, like, oh, fuck. I was so scared and stuff. And I panicked and I hide. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> All right, but I luckily I came here at the right moment to kill this Santa guy, and of course, and luckily I'm, like, I'm really good at shooting a crossbow. Yes, luckily I could do that. 
Nancy's like, take me away from here. It's like, well, we got to go back for Layla. And fucking Alice's like, well, fuck her. Oh, we'll send somebody later for this bitch. She's crazy anyway. And they just leave. And then we have and the, they leave. They leave. And then we just see Layla just dance the whole time. Dancing on the uh, on the balcony. Yes. And they just leave her ass. They just leave her Dancing ass. there. And that uh-huh. ends to all a good night. Wow. What a classic. What the hell did we just watch here? All right. This is, uh, this is, uh, this, this, wow. It's just so interesting to think, you know, like this movie came out before the yeah. original Friday the 13th and the similarities yeah. are like canning. It's just, it's just yeah. wild. Yeah. It, it is, it is weird how much, how many similarities they have. Yeah. But like when I was, I mean, I honestly did love this movie. Well, love may be a strong word. I did enjoy watching it. Yeah. Um, Mostly probably because it's just so sleazy and I love that kind of stuff, but it's just so like, like every, like I was literally watching this by myself at my house and I was out loud through the entire movie saying, why, (laughs) why, like, why, why is this happening? Why is any of this happening? Why does, well, we kind of figure out why the cops tell them to stay now because of the, what happened at the end of the movie, but like they have an airplane. It's not like they're trying to get to the car. Well, they have an airplane that they could have get away at any time. Well, the problem is they they didn't know for a while that their friends well, were dead. So maybe they just didn't want to leave their friends there. That's the only thing I could think well, of. Good good point. That is a good point. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, so when I was watching yeah. this movie, I, the first yeah. thing when I was watching, I was like, okay, we know. I, I mean, right off the bat, I knew that this Miss Jenkins, and she, I know she was going to be the killer. Like of course. that was fucking obvious. I didn't expect the cop to come in because he had such a short role. I was like, okay, well that kind of makes a lot of sense. You know, the cop is there. He probably has a lot more resources. That's probably how he he probably did like most of like some of the outside murders. You know, and that's how they could be in two places at once. You know, we have like two yeah. killer Santas at once. Um, you know, so you know, and that makes sense. You know, they want revenge for their daughter, so they think. That this new class of p- people coming to this sorority finishing house somehow responsible for killing the daughter two years ago, even though they yeah, weren't. Like, why didn't they kill him the next year? Well, they had to plan like, just, stuff. You know, they had to do all oh, these like right, you know yeah. books. You know, Ruth had to apply to get the position. You know, he had to True, apply to get point. the position too. You know, it it they takes had, a little bit to get had, the paperwork going. They had to figure out how to quietly put on a suit of armor and hide inside that. Yeah. I mean, it all takes planning. Mm. Well, they didn't plan. Why is there even a suit of armor here? Because like, why does this finishing school have a suit of armor? Because it's uh, decorations for that particular room. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. So, um, but but uh, but yeah, I mean, the, I like the plot twist of him coming at the end, even though he didn't do jack shit. Like he just got killed really easy. Yeah. Um, I like the back and forth, like. Okay, TJ, he wants that pussy. He wants that one. Then the girl wants that one. He wants that one. So the mm-hmm. back and forth drama was pretty interesting, kind of entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie had some some good stuff to it. But I, and overall, like I was like, eh. I mean, it was okay. I could see why it didn't like blow up or nothing, but it it, it was it was okay. Yeah. And like the thing is about this movie too, it didn't really like need like a Christmas theme. Like you know what I mean? Like no, it was just kind of like there. Nothing really. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so the only reason that it has a Christmas theme at all is because that gets people out of the finishing school and traps these few amount of people inside of it. Yeah. But it really could have been said anywhere, like, say, a summer camp. Yeah. 
And it would have had a very similar, you could have had a very similar story there. If exactly. It were, if it were yeah. set in a suburb camp. Yes. Perhaps. perhaps. We would never know, I guess, until May. <laughs> I guess we won't, I guess we won't know. Maybe someday <laughs> someone will make a movie like that. Exactly. Well, everybody, that has been to all a good night. And now we'll finish up the Retro Bloods holiday horror movie reviews of the 1980s horror Christmas horror movies in the 1980s. Very fun month. I enjoy this month tremendously. Probably one of my favorite months that we do here on the Retro Bled. Oh, yeah. So, and then, of course, next year will be as crazier as well. But we keep rolling over here in the Retro Bled. We don't stop, brother, because we are doing a very special New Year's Day episode here on the Retro Blood, which will be next Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we're, uh, we're going, we're taking a ride. We're taking the ride on the terror train, brother. Yeah, buy a ticket, take a ride. Buy a ticket, take a ride, brother. Should be very fantastic. I haven't seen this movie before. Yep. Um, Jamie know, Lee Curtis is in it. Yes, I know she's she's in that one. So, so it should be very fun. Can't wait to talk all about that. And of course, when we uh, when we do that episode, we'll give you the full lineup of what we're gonna do for January. So, but um, mm-hmm. you know, here on the Retro Blood, uh, you know, obviously we did Silent Night, Dead Night Three. Better watch out. We did yep. Elves. Which is probably the strangest uh, Christmas uh, movie we've reviewed all month. I would say that one definitely gives a top list of weird yeah. plot lines. Uh, we did the uh, Dial of Code Santa, Deadly Games, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It has like five different titles. Yep. Yep. Um, yesterday we did The Lights Out of Black Christmas. Probably one of the oh, top yeah. Christmas movies of all time. Yeah. Uh, we got a bunch of extras on the Facebook page. I did The Krampus Walk. Uh, we got the, uh, the Krampus movie review from The Faces of Fear on there. We got Black Christmas uh, uh, remake review on there. Not the not the not the 2012 one. That one sucked. But the the uh, the 2000. I think it was like 2008 or 9 one. That was actually pretty yeah, good. This, it's been remade twice. Yes. So yeah. So Black Christmas remade twice, and the one that came out like a couple years ago totally sucked. But the one right before that one, like the original remake, was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got our faces review on there with the. With uh, the killer, so in that one, they uh, we'll t- we talked about this on the uh, <laughs> we talked about this on the lights out, but like, yeah, you know, give give our, we give a little thoughts about the Black Christmas remake on the lights out, so everybody check that out. It's actually a pretty fun review that we did. But like I said, everybody, and then uh, like I said, I'm, later, later this month or hopefully pretty soon, I'll do a uh, video review of Bloody Christmas, Bloody Christmas, if I get around mm-hmm. to it. But we want to thank you guys for for stopping here for Christmas. Hopefully you guys got everything you wish for for this Christmas. Hopefully the yep. retro blood made your holiday season that much greater. And Allison, what do you want to tell us, audience? What do you want to bring us out with? What do we got? Man, let's go. Uh, you know, as we always do, let's listen to uh, a little rush on the way out of here because we talked about it earlier today. Let's play uh, Free Will. Ooh, Free Will, brother. Yep. Because our boy TJ and Melody, they want some Free Will. They're going out there. You know, they're like, ah, the nerd one didn't work out. The slut didn't work out. Maybe the bull will, will both work out. And then we're just going to go for it. We got some fucking wired to the neck. Out of there, brother. So, so everybody, we're signing off. Happy holidays. Happy, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry we'll check you here later on the Retro Blood, brother. See you guys next week.